This is Leaders Who Scale, and I'm Jeff Siegel. I've worked with thousands of companies over the years, and I'm fascinated by seeing how many of them grow and scale. Join me as we learn from the leaders of growing companies and share that knowledge. Leaders Who Scale is sponsored by Siegel Solutions, providing world-class accounting, advisory, and QuickBooks and Acumatica Cloud ERP services. Today's guest is a health and fitness industry disruptor. He's a certified personal trainer and a conditioning specialist. He's the founder of PEX Health and Fitness. He started the company in 2017. He currently has two locations. He's looking to expand. I want to welcome Mike Campanella. How are you doing, Mike? Awesome. Awesome, Jeff. Thanks so much for having me on, man. I appreciate it. I, I appreciate it too. Um, look, you know, we've been, I've, we've been a kind of a service provider for you helping out. Yep. Yep. So. Life, lifesaver. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought you'd be, you were, you'd be a great, I think you'd be a great uh, person for our podcast. That's why I invited you on here. And I'm, I'm so glad that you're giving us time today to, to talk about kind of your journey and how you, yeah. you're growing and trying to grow. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. With that being said, I know you've been in business now for uh, five years, I guess, right? Um, mm-hmm. what, what's the most challenging aspect of, of growing your business and scaling? Well, my journey has been pretty interesting. I was, uh, I was a W-2 employee for about a decade at like a really nice personal training facility, but the mm-hmm. kind of revenue scheme didn't really work out for me in the sense that like I was working 80 hours a week, working for a person who worked 15 hours a week and the amount that I was giving to the house, it just, it just didn't sit well, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I ended up leaving and then I started my own LLC in 2017. And for two and a half years, I worked at a, a different private studio, but as a 1099 contractor. Mm-hmm. So I was just pay- paying rent per session. And I made, I think the first year I made like $35,000 more under that model. Okay. Wow. But the gym at but the gym itself was like, it left a lot to be desired. I, and I sort of started to realize that there was this weird dichotomy of if you were a W-2 employee, you didn't get paid enough and you worked too hard, yep. but you could find a nice space. If you were a 1099 contractor renting space, it seemed to me like the owners of those types of businesses didn't really care too much about how the gym looked because everybody was making so much money and like the effort wasn't really there. Right. So I wanted, I, I just had a, a light bulb went off in my head and I was like, I want to combine these two models. I want to build a really nice gym and also bring in private businesses so they can pay a really low rent fee, charge a lot of money and everybody wins, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's why in 2019, it took, it, it took me two and a half years to find a space. Um, so 2019, we opened up our first brick and mortar space in Needham. And then a year later, COVID happened. So we were literally the week we were going to celebrate our one year anniversary. We had to shut down for like for three months. So that was like that presented a problem in and of itself. Um, But in terms of like uh, like the challenges I have faced since then, I kind of like just looked at the title of your podcast, "Leaders Who Scale," Mm -hmm. and I think like the two biggest not hurdles, but two things that I've like kind of struggled with the most is a trying to figure out what kind of leader. I want to be mm-hmm. and be trying to figure out why I want to scale. Um, and it's like, it's still been like an ongoing journey. It's like um, in my industry, we're kind of, I've 
I'm sure people have used the term before, but I always use the term we're like white collar manual laborers. So we're like in this like cushy atmosphere, but we're like picking up weights all day. We're setting stuff up. We're getting down off the floor. Like we're working pretty hard. So I've always had the mindset of like, try to lead by example and not by edict, not like telling people what to do, trying to kind of let them see what I'm doing and figure it out. And uh, that's been difficult. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's like, again, because our revenue model is like no one who works at our facility actually is my employee. They're all their own private businesses. So trying to get a bunch of private businesses sharing the same space to buy into the same common values has been tough. Um, despite like all my kind of attempts at leadership. Uh, so that, that was, I thought it would be a lot easier than it was. And then to the second point of like scaling, uh, like why, you know, and to your, and I loved your descriptor of being a disruptor. That's kind of what I'm trying to do. Um, and I can't really disrupt the market if I only have one space. So I kind of like, I, I have a very altruistic aspect of what my job entails and every day I'm helping people, whether it's my personal clients or I'm helping coaches start a great business and give them the support they need to thrive. Uh, and like trying to replicate that and duplicate it in different areas and just challenging the status quo. I mean, I, one of the things that makes me the most proud is the coaches who work at our facility make more money than any other facility anywhere in New England. Yeah. Bar none. Bar none. And that like, that really is like kind of what I, what I want our reputation to be. Um, but yeah, so that those are like kind of the two of the main. Yeah. The two big challenges. Like where do you get your, um, I guess your leadership tips from, right? Cause you know, it's not like you, you, we go to school for leadership. So it right. sounds like you went into this with the whole personal training and disruptor mindset but mm-hmm. now you've got all this leadership stuff that's happening at the same time. For sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, an- another issue, which I'm sure you can speak to is like being the player manager. So it's like, yeah. I'm a full, I'm a full-time personal trainer. I work 50 hours a week. And then on my spare 20 hours, I'm managing the business and like being able to be proficient at both of those gets pretty challenging at times. And, you know, people pick up on it. Yeah. Uh, so like, I find the the two things I have found that have sort of helped me find my leadership style. A, you need to have a great team of mentors and um, advisors. Mm-hmm. You know that that you you need that. And I've been lucky enough to have most almost all of those people are also clients. So like my first round of fundraising, I got six of my clients to raise the money for me. Mm-hmm. So like I I knew I had their buy in. And I can pick, the, I can grab them whenever I need them. I can pick their brains. They all have business backgrounds. Like they've been able to help a lot. Um, and then even honestly, uh, services like yours, like finding the the things that can help you run the background noise. So the bookkeeping, the accounting, the tax professionals, all the stuff that I'm like not at all an expert at. You know, right. like because be- before I was trying to do it myself on TurboTax and it was a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, nightmare. You know. <laughs> yeah. So like, so like that stuff helps. And then, I mean, uh, for me, it's just been trial and error. It's like, uh, I read a lot. I watch a lot of, um, documentaries about leaders and, mm-hmm. uh, and I just kind of, I'll, I'll pick and choose things and I try it out on the floor and see if it works. And sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. 
Right. But but it's mostly been trial and error for sure. Yeah. I mean, I was going to ask you and you, you just went into it. It's how difficult it is to both work on the business because you want to scale and grow and mm-hmm. various reasons, but you're in the business. Like you just mentioned, you're like 50 hours a week in the, yeah. Yeah. In the business. It, and it's like, you're like, you're constant. Like I'll be training you for instance, but I'm constantly scanning the room. Like, is that person happy? Are right. they comfortable? Do they need water? Is it dirty over there? So it's like you get pulled in all these different directions. Um, I've been super fortunate enough to find a general manager, um, this young woman, Bianca, who has been a lifesaver. And uh, even with our second location, um, our head trainer from Needham, we ended up just shipping him over to Medfield and he's been a superstar. So it's like being able to kind of in the trenches, get that trust and, and respect has been very helpful. Yeah. Have you, have you thought about the day where you'd be really not working in the business? Like, where you yeah. Uh, have- yeah. My, my, my wife has. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Very frequently. <Yeah. laughs> I mean, cause it sounds like if you are going to scale that you probably would have to really ju- get out of the training business, you know, the, yeah. out of the business become yeah. you know, more of a business leader. Yeah, it's at least not 50 hours a week. That's for sure. Um, There's, you know, the one thing about my industry is you develop like really strong personal relationships with all of your clients because you see some of these people three times a week for 10 years, more more so than you see almost anybody else in your life. So they go to your weddings, they go to your birthday parties, you're going to their kids bar mitzvahs. So it's like, it's like, it's really tough to be like, Hey, I can't train you anymore because X, you know? Um, so that's been tricky. Um, and then like to my previous point, you know, my wife, God love her. She is the only reason why I can do what I'm doing, but there's, there is that pressure of developing, um, like a more functional work life balance. You know, I have a four, I have a four-year-old daughter who I don't see nearly as much as I would like to. And that's, that's tough too. It's like, uh, trying to have these two separate goals of being a disruptor and establishing this knockout business, but also being around and seeing my family, you know, I'm yeah. sure you can speak like, I mean, I'm still in the startup. I'm still in the startup stage. Yeah. It's like I'm still, I'm three years in brick and mortar. So I have like some time I'm 30, I'll be 36 in August. So, you know, I, I have time to get things rolling, but sure. that's a, ch- a challenge for sure. Yeah. I mean, have you thought about bringing in another um, trainer and kind of, setting that person up in business with your clients and kind of overseeing that. I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. That's yeah, kind of what we I, did on the bookkeeping side. I, I was bo- doing accounting and bookkeeping and I still get pulled into different projects and things, but over time I had to kind of shed a lot of that stuff to mm-hmm. see it. That's mm-hmm. the only way I was able to, or I'm continuing to grow as a company like you. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard. Cause that's, for me, accounting is like, you know, that's my thing, right? So it's my right. safety zone, my comfort zone. I, I know how to do it. I, and, you know, sometimes you just want to get away from like the responsibilities of running a business and go, I can go and do a bank reconciliation. Let me jump For in sure. there and do it because that's uh-huh. me, I, my thing. So, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it is. And difficult. I, yeah. For sure. And I think there's like, you know, I, I feel like I can connect to the coaches and the clients better if I'm also working alongside them. It's sure. like 
it's like it's especially in my industry it's easy to see something on paper that doesn't translate well to on the floor versus being on the floor and figuring out why that didn't work you know um so yeah uh, so another question i have because i was you know um looking at your website kind of just you know I, I understand the whole disruptor side because you are a trainer and you own your own um facilities and you bring in other trainers um, mm -hmm. so the question I have is like, who is the ultimate, your ultimate customer from your point of view? Right, right. The, so, so I'm reversing it. The my customer is the coach. Yes. Okay. The coach's customers are their clients. And my thought process is if I can set up a scenario where the coach is in the best possible situation to thrive, mm -hmm. then their client, their client by default is going to receive the best experience. So most of these gyms, they they put the client first and the trainers in the corner eating their lunch right. and their squat rack. You could book time with Mike, right? So right, right. Yeah, the coach is often the afterthought. They make the least amount of money. They do the most amount of work. It's all about how much money they can get out of the, the how much the gym can get out of the client. Sure. Uh, and it, I don't, I just don't think it works. Right. You know. Yeah, I mean, so so ultimately, your marketing and branding and everything is really geared towards finding those co the trainers and coaches for sure yeah yeah, yeah. that's totally a just a disruptor because is, mm -hmm. is anyone else doing that or i'm sure some people might be so see that do you yeah there are people who do it but like to my earlier point it's just for whatever reason uh i think when there's not the buy-in of like the employer employee relationship mm -hmm. the 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 attention to detail the professionalism um the, even like the cleanliness and the studio and the type of equipment kind of goes out the window it, like sure. i was working at places where you would just pay by the hour as the coach to rent the space and like there'd be days where like just random coaches who you've never seen before would come in with their client who you've never met and they don't know where the equipment is and it's like very disruptive and and the owners don't the owners don't care as long as people are coming in and giving them money for the hour you know so sure that you know and i think a lot of it too is like in this industry specifically there's a, a lot of ego so a lot of the owners of facilities want it to be their name their logo their branding their training style right um so there's not a lot of like artistic liberty to to be the kind of coach you want to be and develop your own brand without having to spend you know twenty thousand dollars a month on overhead yeah i mean is, yeah. there, is there a concern that you could get into this employee 1099 issue like do they wear pec shirts you know what i mean no 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 and right. yeah and none of them are 1099 contractors because they pay the gym we don't pay yeah. them anything yeah so right. it's it's a it's it's super simple yep no, that's good yeah 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 you don't want to get into a situation where it kind of look even though they're their own business that they kind of look like an employee because they're right coming in yeah exactly right right and i've like from the from the get-go i've I've discussed with them like our relationships more like tenant landlord sure not you know employer employee yeah yeah i wasn't sure because when you go to the website you can almost like see the trainers so it's, mm -hmm. are they you know i they're separate but they look like they're part of packs mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. yeah that was my only question but um yeah honestly that was the function of our half of our coaches having gotten around to getting their own t-shirts so we were like either wear a black shirt or a peck shirt yeah yeah no it's curious because yeah, we're, we're still pretty new so how many have you figured out like are there are there metrics that you 
have tried to calculate for your business, like how many trainers can I have in a location or yeah. clients can they bring in? Yeah. Are those things that you try to, or you're, you're trying to map out. So as you, as you scale or want to grow that you kind of know that like, Hey, I can handle X amount. Um, for sure. Yeah. So we actually, we brought on a business partner, this guy, the superstar named David Daglio, uh, must've been like a, a year ago at this point. Huh. Um, he's much more business savvy than I am. So he has kind of held my hand and brought me through that process of figuring out, uh, like cost of goods sold and sure. uh, space utilization and, and, and trying to expand that way. Because at the end of the day, we can only make as much money as we can fit per person per hour, you know? Right. Yeah. So, and that's like, we've had a hard time marketing just because if the marketing, if we spend too much on marketing and it's too successful, we can't accommodate all the people because of our space limitations, you know? Have you like, um, have you mapped out a, I don't know, three-year plan, 18 months, like is that something that you kind of try to map out or right now it's kind of like, Hey, I just want to get these two locations. Yeah. functioning great. And then I can think about more or actually, are you thinking about more today? And yeah. So our, our like kind of basic metric is once our second store hits six months in a row of profitability, then we'll start to look for space number three. So once we know space number two is good and we have a cushion, then we'll start and, and it's cool because our growth model for our coaches are like, we give them the skills and the tools here to run their own business. Yeah. And then whoever kind of stands out and, and, and uh, is like noticeably kind of independent entrepreneurial, they'll be the next person to run the next studio. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was actually going to ask that at some point was, have you ever thought about at some point after a couple of studios where you almost franchise it? And uh, yeah, that's, that's the goal. Yep. So yeah. That, that would, it seems like that would be a great way to expand because you've got all these mm-hmm. people like you, like, Hey, I can make, you know, more money just running this place. And right. it it's almost, almost like multi-level marketing when you think about it, but um, yeah, you know, you see, so, and you mentioned that, cause I was going to ask, and you mentioned this even earlier, but um, it must, it's capital intensive, right. To set these things mm-hmm. up, you got to buy all mm-hmm. this equipment and uh, mm-hmm. what's that like, cause you just, you're, you were a, you know, uh, W2, 1099. Uh-huh. It's not like uh-huh. you probably had all this money floating around and go, Hey, I'm going to go buy life cycles and you know, correct. Yeah. 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 That's, that's where the money raising came in, bringing on a business partner. Um, we were able to figure that stuff out, but to your point, it is very, it's upfront capital intensive. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it gets pretty stressful. I mean, we just did a build out at, at our Medfield gym. It's a 1700 square foot studio. It was a full renovation. Sure. Four hundred four hundred thousand dollars. So it's like, oh. yeah, it's with it, with it, just the building with 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 oh. equipment. But still, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's beautiful. It's one of the nicest studios you'll ever see. Right. But it's just it's it's intense. Do you do like a you know these realtors? They do these open houses where they bring in all the other realtors because they want them to try to sell. Do you, do you do market like that? Like a studio, brand new studio, hit all the personal trainers, have them all come in. So it's it, it's so funny you mentioned that because li- literally last week we were like we should do an open house and we were go- going back and forth and I was like we should do an open house for trainers we should just try yeah. we should just like message people on Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook and just get trainers from nearby places to come just check out our spot even just yeah. even just a network you know at worst right at yeah best, I mean at best you get some coaches 
you know, it's like us, like they always say, go after the chickens, not the eggs. So like uh-huh. for us, we get a lot of referrals from CPA firms. So instead uh-huh. of trying to find the end customer who needs bookkeeping services or QuickBooks services, I can hopefully go to a CPA and have a, you know, create a great relationship with that cost, that person or people, and they're going to refer all their clients to me. So it's the same right. bringing in those personal trainers. Um, it's a great business model mm-hmm. where you have it set up. Um, so besides like QuickBooks, what, what other technologies are, maybe you don't have, you don't need any other technologies to run the business. Do you, you know? Yeah, we have like, like scheduling software systems and credit card processing systems and yeah. uh, like that kind of back end office stuff, but it's pretty basic when you get down to it. Yeah. Just. Yeah. It seems like it. Yeah. Cause you don't need, you're not billing the end, you're billing the personal trainers and you're not. Mm-hmm dealing with subscriptions of right hundreds of clients exactly right great yeah right yeah you mentioned your wife does she work in the business with you too or i i you know i wish she's, <laughs> she is the she is the brains in our relationship she is actually the head of hr at a big bi- or a upcoming biotech company in cambridge wow. called orna yeah so she's a rock star she's she's the breadwinner for sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, have you heard of? I know because you're just starting out, and I think I may have mentioned this to you even in another call. But you know, locally there's EO entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. so they're mm-hmm. all entrepreneurs um, from startup to well over a million. And uh, it, it'd be good for you to check something like that out because um, mm-hmm. you know they're all in different phases of growth. Some are very successful and multi-million dollar companies, and some are you know. 100,000, 200,000, 250, you know, mm-hmm. you, know you, you kind of learn from each other as you're growing. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. But uh, so do you have to also stay up on um, fitness trends or fads or things that are like, For sure. Yeah. Like, if something new comes out on a regular basis. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the, the funny thing is like the, the deeper I get into my training uh, experience, there's always like a bit of truth in most of the things. So, you end up having kind of non-committal conversations with people when they're like, Oh, did you see this new thing or that new thing? And it's kind of like, well, it could work or it might not work. It depends on you and your body or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, we're always, and even like I have to keep up with my certification and my liability insurance and all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm constantly doing continuing education courses and classes and yeah, you know, is there a service that you like that, that you provide even to the other personal trainers? Can you bring in, so we, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll like a we'll have we'll host seminars at our at our facility, or we'll go as a team to another facility, and uh, we'll always try to support the other coaches, whether it's financial or uh, or even just getting people to come here. Yeah, because um, they can get pretty expensive, but they're very useful. Yeah, no, that's kind of cool. Um, and so, do you have any insight into the next big trend, or you know? Cause some stuff is just a fact, right? It's just, yeah. Like, right. You know, uh, like years ago now, and actually you can maybe speak to this, but remember that. And I, I don't know if they still do it, but there was like this vibration plate. That mm, you oh yeah. On, yeah. And it yeah. was supposedly did a bunch of things like mm-hmm. a, a toxins in your body or get you to mm-hmm. balance. But it, is that still something? Cause I, I saw this machine once and I'm like, well, you know, what is this? And you know, but you don't so. See- you're talking about the one that like the belt goes around your hips, right? I think. Yeah. Well, the, whole, no. the whole plate like moves. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I don't know if so, you put a belt around you, but you kind of hold on to it, you know, like uh-huh. a bar and it just shakes yep. for whatever reason. But yeah. Yeah. So there is there is some research that shows that that works like at the very at very minimum it helps to decrease like the tone in your muscles so like if you're all tense and you get on one of those it kind of shakes it all out. Yeah. And then like it's it's like an, a semi unstable surface so if you're doing push-ups on it or squats on it. Okay, yeah. You know, theoretically you're activating some of the smaller stabilizer muscles to control everything while you're going through your range of motion. So okay. they're just like su- they're super expensive and kind of they're kind of like a one trick pony. So they, I don't know. Yeah. I was just curious. I, Cause sometimes you see these things pop up and like, uh, I don't know, you know, is it mm-hmm. just, you know, strength training or, you know, stretching and, you know, there's some core stuff that'll be here forever. That's right. For sure. Yeah. I think that, I think one of the issues with like the health and fitness industry is it typically becomes a lifestyle for the people who are involved in it but it gets boring and people and people get bored. So they're constantly trying to think of ways to kind of mix it up. But to your point, when you get down to it, the basic tenets are going to be true forever. And like, sure. those are probably the things you should be focusing on and not like a juice cleanse or, a, or intermittent fasting right. or Pilates. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I actually, I was going to ask you about um, the whole mind body connection mm-hmm. like, Get into that. Or is that, you know, a lot of times you go into these programs and I've been through some, it's like, you got to get the right mindset, right? Write mm-hmm. it down, look at it every mm-hmm. day, make sure mm-hmm. you practice that, mm-hmm. keep it going. And mm-hmm. is that something that's part of what you do or? Is it- yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, if I'm being honest, half of my job is psychiatrist. The other half is half is trainer. So I have a lot of these types of conversations with coaches and clients. And uh, I actually, I just had pretty serious neck surgery like three weeks ago. Oh. And yeah, yeah. And this is like my fifth surgery, um, from a ver- various things. But, um, when, when I get into these scenarios of having to go through like long drawn out recoveries and physical therapy, you totally get why it can be very daunting and difficult for someone to lose 40 pounds or put on 20 pounds of muscle. It's like, once you start thinking about how long it's going to take, and if you, if you don't have a plan and you don't have someone to hold you accountable, it's so easy to not do it at all. Sure. You know, so like, like getting into the mindset of every day, having an affirmation, being positive, knowing it's going to take a little while, and then having someone to hold you accountable. It's, it, if you don't have that piece, the training is the training will become a, just like a, I'm working out versus I'm training for a goal. Yeah. And I've always, yeah, you know, I've always found out, I've always found the person who's coming in to work out never lasts as long as the person who was training for something. Yeah. You yeah. Know? We just, that's true. We just did a fitness challenge in our, our EO chapter, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, steps and activity and all that stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I was involved in it. So I was like every day I get my count up, my steps, my activity. I did a lot based on minutes because it was tracking how many minutes you've been active and so that drove me every single day well the contest was over and i was back to like you know hardly doing anything so yep the yep. goal i think is is really important yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do, do you get into like the technology side of um like tracking your fitness like for instance i got one of these aura rings uh, you know yeah or if you've seen them now, but you know, and yep. the Garmin's or, you know, mm-hmm. Fitbits. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. So, yeah. so we have what's called, we have the my zone program at our facilities where, uh, 
everyone wears a heart rate monitor. Okay. And th- we have a big TV and it shows everyone has like a little square on the TV and it shows your current heart rate, what zone you're in, how many calories you burn. And then they calculate from those three things like effort points. Oh, like the Peloton uh, does with the yeah, yeah, number? yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it it it's super useful as a coach. Like you can you can actually see how hard your client is working, hmm. and you can gauge like what their rest periods should be versus being like, oh, rest for a minute. You're like, oh, we're gonna rest until your heart rate gets back down to sixty percent of your max. Okay. So it's like, and then you can track progress that way, and people buy in because they're getting scored on their workouts, and you can it's yeah. it's pretty cool. It's 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 definitely helped to like kind of tighten up our community, even if it's a little bit of competitive nature that's doing it. It's it's yeah. been it's been fun. So they that that kicks on when they come in to work out, obviously. So it's mm-hmm. the people who are in the facility working out at the same time. Yep. Even if they don't care yeah. about anyone else, right? It, but they're on yeah. the scoreboard. Yeah. 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 You know, you have, there are some people who don't enjoy it, so they, they won't wear it, which right. is, okay. that's right. what, yeah. yeah. But for the most part, our serious, uh, train, train clients who are training for stuff, right. they're wearing them. Do they, do the fitness, uh, the trainers charge separately, differently to their clients? Mm-hmm. Well, they, mm-hmm. they have their own pricing structure. Yep. 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 They, they are at liberty to do whatever they want. And we just charge a flat rate because we don't, I, I've never been one to do percentages because then you're like, actually you have to audit them. You're going to, they could right. say, and no, you know, no one has ever done this, but they could say, oh, I charged Joe a hundred bucks, but he really charged them 150. So I'm charging, you know what I mean? So we just charge flat rates across the board. Right. No, that's, that's yeah. not, it makes it easier too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you, we talked about education earlier, cause you have to kind of um, take courses and keep up on certification, but do you, or maybe Maybe your business person can help you too, but maybe you can offer some services to the personal trainer, your clients on how they can run their business, whether it, you know, set them up on QuickBooks, show them how to use right. it, um, right. you know, give them some metrics, like here's right. how many people you can do in a week and here's what your, you know, projected annual revenue could be. You could, you could actually offer a lot of that stuff as a separate mm-hmm. service to your right. Trainers, you know, because they're all, yeah, they're all like you, right? They're all leaders in their own little enterprise. They probably have a lot of um, leadership um, training, like all of us. It's trial and error. uh, Mm -hmm. Something that something to think about as you grow. Mm -hmm. So, sure, where would you like to? I know you're waiting for the second um, location to be profitable. Where would the where would you like the next one to be? Because you're you're local based, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Needham and Medfield. Yep. Yeah. are you thinking about the next quote location or where you'd like it to be? Yeah. So we've been eyeing like Chestnut Hill, Watertown. Well, yeah. Watertown's up and coming. And actually my wife's company, they're going to be moving to Arsenal Yards, that new development in Watertown. So we've been looking at that spot in Wellesley. I mean, we're trying to grow at like a 15 minute kind of travel increments. So, cause some of our coaches will train at multiple locations and even some clients have been training at both locations, the Needham and Medfield location. And it's easier for us too, because if we're going to use coaches who currently work at one of our facilities to be the manager of the next facility, it has to be somewhere close so they won't lose their clients when they move. Sure. Um, and, you know, it's, a, it's just a, it's a much better way to like develop that kind of trust and respect and make sure the person you're going to put in there can handle the workload. And mm-hmm. you can have, it's better for support if you can get there pretty quickly, you know? Yeah. 
Um, so that's kind of how we're looking to grow. Is there, um, can the, the trainers work at the different facilities? Mm -hmm. Do they yeah. have to pay extra or is it just nope. includes, you know, they can go to. Yeah. We have, we have like hybrid contracts where the coaches remove. Okay. Yeah. And then they book, they book time at the different places. You said, yeah. you schedule, yeah. like you said earlier. Uh, yeah. 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 Huh. And no, that, that sounds great. So you've got, so where would you like, let's say five years out, if you could look out five years, where, what would you like it to look like the business? I'd like to have five okay. gyms. That's been like our goal, five gyms in five years. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's very optimistic, sure. especially with, you know, I mean, we just, we just survived a, a global pandemic. It seems like the economy might be headed for an a recession or like stagflation. So like that plays in, plays a role. Even this last this last build that was so much so expensive because the cost of goods were twenty five percent higher, and yeah. you know finding contra contractors and stuff was difficult. Um, but yeah, the goal was to have five and five, and then at that point we either bring in like a big equity team and we like really go for it or. Maybe we just stay with a nice five gym company yeah. and just see see what happens, you know. Sure. Yeah. Do you have um, besides a business person? Uh, do you have any other people in like a, you know, a management team? And I use that word loosely, I guess, because you're mm -hmm. small. But is it just you and this person, and that kind of like tries to map this out as much as as much as you can, even? Yeah. So it's 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 kind of it's it's pretty layered. We have you know I have my business partner. Dave, and then I have six like original investors who are all like I've been trained. I've been training these people as clients for ten years, and they're all like very close personal friends. Uh, so they help me out a lot. Um, and then even at the gym here, some of the coaches have kind of stepped up, and they've we've formed like an operations board. Okay, where we all talk about stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. it's very transparent. It's very inclusive. Um, got a lot of different opinions and eyeballs on things, which is very helpful. You know. Yeah. Do you have a, do you have a, like the six original investors and the, your partner? Do you guys religiously get together at all? To, to no, I mean, yeah. not as, not as much as I would like to, I, I guess there probably hasn't been a need for it quite yet. I think that'll come soon, you know? Yeah, no, I, I've noticed like people I've talked to like some of these podcasts and some of my own clients, you know, the earlier they start doing that, it kind of helps them think about scaling and, and how they're mm -hmm. going to scale mm -hmm. only only because i think and i did the same thing here we're working so much in the business that we sometimes can't step out of it and um see like some opportunities because we're right. like the opportunities get closed closed we don't see them because we're focused on like mm -hmm. the task at hand and right i was just curious whether you do that i think it'd be yeah. good practice even as even though you only have two locations when did you open that second one? You just recently did, right? Uh, yeah, like two months ago. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So right now you're trying to get the existing trainers to kind of use both just to kind of get it, the other one filled? Uh, uh, well, so we, ha we have six coaches at the new place, and then we have about two coaches here who go back and forth. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what's your biggest um, – I know we talked about challenges earlier, about, mm -hmm. and a lot of it was personal, right? Like mm -hmm. the whole leadership side and mm – -hmm why you want to scale, but like, if you looked at like current, like this week or this month, what's the biggest challenge that you're, you're facing or what, what keeps you up at night? I guess. 
if there is, um, it's all good. And, you know, you know, well, so, you know, I think that big, one of the biggest challenges currently and previously, and probably in, into the future is trying to get people. Well, no one's ever going to care as much as you care. Right. Because you own the business. No one's got that. Yeah. They don't want to. Right. Right. Like, so no one's ever going to care as much as you do. So trying to get people to buy in like to a similar amount of care is, is challenging. And then like, but also, uh, conversely for me, like trying to not sweat the small stuff all the time. Um, I have like super OCD and I'm kind of a perfectionist and it's probably, it's not to a fault, but it's like very at the end of the spectrum. And, you know, I, I, I always say I'd rather it look too good than too bad. So I'm like, I'm probably a little overbearing, but, um, trying to get people to kind of meet me even in the middle has been a challenge. Uh, I mean, everyone here has been, I, I'm making it sound like it's a lot worse than it is. Everyone here is great. Right. Um, but when I hold myself to a, a very high standard, it's, it's tough, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. Like I'm the, uh, in my own business, I'm here at like 7 a.m. only because I have the, just my lifestyle, right? I don't, my kids are all growing up in the route by myself. So it's easy for me to just get up and come here. And I usually stay late, but then I see my employees coming at like nine o'clock and I, I sometimes uh, refrain. I'm like, oh, why aren't they here early? Like me working as hard as I am. So mm-hmm. I, I know the feeling sometimes mm-hmm. thinking like, oh, well, they're not as invested as I am. Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, you own the company. I own the company. They're not, they're never going to have that investment. Right. But I often wonder though, like we, we invest in our employees or I, you know, I try to, you don't necessarily have quote employees, but the mm-hmm. like guy try to invest in them just as far as developments to help helping them grow as leaders as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, I would think from your business, you could, if you invested in them from a, how to grow their business, like we mentioned earlier, like whether you help them set up their, do a budget for them, show them how much they could make. Right. And it's less of a, yeah, it's, I like doing what I'm doing and I'm making money. It's more like, Hey, I, I can grow my own business. This is kind for of sure. Yeah. Actually they may have a, but indirectly it's, it's, it's growing. It's helping you and them at the same time. It's uh, yeah. It could be a nice little um, side um, revenue opportunity. Well, you know, you do it for free maybe, but then also you mm-hmm. could say, Hey, we could also help you get set up with blah, blah, blah. Right. It's, I don't know. I don't know your business like you would, but mm-hmm. I don't know whether personal trainers look at it like a business because mm-hmm. it's like it's something that you love to do. So right, uh, right, and you're making money at it. Uh, right, they all make money at it. So I, I often right. wonder if they don't. If they, there's got to be something that flips like you did with your um, current business, where it's like, hey, wait a minute, I can make a business out of this, and for sure, step out of the in. You're working in the business and start working on it and maybe it's right getting them to do that too it, it is definitely difficult because they have to do the work right so mm-hmm. they're, they're mm-hmm. not but it's a mini business the business is their clients scheduling with them you know billing them right uh, you know maybe offering products of some kind hey mm-hmm. you know i don't know vitamins technology right right because what, one of the, the obstacles with, our, with being a personal trainer is 
you only get paid when you work. Yeah. So people get stagnant and they they get a little antsy if they don't see any growth potential, which is totally normal, especially if you're a good coach. So that's one of the things we've been trying to solve for here is like, what, what, what next, you know? Cause you know, we've had a few coaches that are like, all right, now what I'm, yeah. I'm training for, I'm training 40 hours a week. I don't want to train any more hours a week. How do I make more money? And right. you know, if I go on vacation next week and I can't see any of my clients, right. I make $0. So like yeah. we, so a lot of our, our mission is trying to, to solve that problem too. growth potential. Even we have a program here where if a coach goes on vacation and their clients come in and train with another coach, they still make money off of it. So they'll make some, they'll make money while they're gone. Like all that kind of stuff, you know, yeah. we're trying to solve that problem for sure. Yeah. And how maybe, maybe helping them create YouTube videos or give mm-hmm. them little information. So it's helping the market at the same time. Right. Right. And, and, you know, obviously, you know, enough people start watching things and you can get ad money and just mm-hmm. probably other opportunities where you, you could turn it into a business for them or help right. them that. So, right. Cool. All right. Well, no, this has been fun. So tell me just a little bit about yourself, right? So you're, you're local, born, born and raised locally, it sounds like. Yeah. So yeah, I was born in Easton. Uh, oh, um, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, Easton. Well, yeah. 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 On uh, Cranberry Lane, right by uh, the Cranberry Bogs. I lived in Highland Street. So we used to oh, no way. skating the Cranberry Bogs. Interesting. We used to go down Highland. There was a path that would cut all the way in the back. Uh-huh. It used to be an old camp hundred years ago that was back uh-huh. there, um, but it used to go ice skating there. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So my mom and dad, John and Ruth, they still live there. Um, and then I have a younger brother who works for the um, Kager group, the crafts analytic group at Gillette stadium. Okay. Nice. Yeah. He's a, he's a superstar. And then my sister is a maniac. She got three kids. I think she works uh, for a big finance company. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Um, and then my older brother is a paramedic. So he's like, Wow. He's yeah, he's in it. Yeah. He's the man. He's got some crazy stories. And you're uh, all local, right? You all get together. Yeah, yes, yeah, yep, yep. So we we see each other all the time, very close family. Um and then my Okay. That? No, I said you mentioned uh, a, a, a daughter, right? So what you said? Oh about? yeah, yep. I got a 4-year-old daughter, Layla. She's the light of my life. She is in- just incredible. Um and it's mostly due to my wife Liz, is just the best mother. And uh, her dad, Tom Milano, helps us a ton. He's been a rock star. So uh, we have a really good family situation. We just just bought a house in Medfield, actually, nice. in October. Yeah, which was uh, we lived in like a five, uh, 800 square foot apartment for like five years. So <laughs> we're able to <laughs> we're able to expand, which is good. You know, that's, that's uh, that must be nice. And hopefully, yep. you end up having more kids. You know, you need to. Yep. You know? Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. And where'd you go to college or what's your, what's your background? How'd you get into training? Yeah. So it's kind of, it's a funny story. I went to Trinity college down in Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was a sprinter on the track team and, and I, I, I created my own major. So it was an American studies major with a concentration in race relations. And I was going to go to law school afterwards. And in the, while I was studying for my LSATs, I decided to just do some personal training on the side because I was very familiar with the weight training industry. And I had been training my whole life as a football player and a track athlete and a boxer and a jiu-jitsu practitioner. So I was very well versed in that stuff. So on the side, I was like, oh, do some personal training while I'm studying for my LSATs. And uh, I just, I just fell in love with training. 
And I had buddies who were taking taking their exams and they were going to law school and they were all miserable. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna do this. And you know, I broke my my I broke my parents' hearts for sure because I went to a very expensive school. <laughs> yeah. And uh and uh, but it's you know, I they to their credit, they trusted my decision and they knew I would do a good job at it. And, you know, 10 years later, I own my own, I own two gyms and we're cranking. So yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're proud. No, it's, I mean, it's, you've got it off to a great start. And I think there's like so many like opportunities for you to grow, just listen to you and the market and, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. there's probably a ton out there. And I I think when you start getting out of the, uh, out of the workforce, workload of the business and start thinking mm-hmm. about on the business which you're doing probably after hours yeah, uh, yeah. but if you do more i think you're gonna just like the the lights are gonna start popping like okay mm-hmm. just start thinking about how it grows there's just so many opportunities um which mm-hmm. is, it's not just mm-hmm. personal training um it's, right for sure cool all right so i know let's see where people can find you you're on linkedin yeah old campanella that's yep there. and then your website yeah. you want to throw that out there or? yeah pexhealthandfitness.com yep and what's that right uh personalized exercise okay cool yeah right. yeah real so i was it was like i think i came up with the name so it was like 10 years ago i was originally trying to develop an app like a personal training app that was like uber so you could like you could sign up for it as a potential client you turn your beacon on hey i'm looking for a trainer at 12 o'clock on tuesday and as a trainer, I can respond to you and you can find me and it could be like become a permanent thing. Or like if you were going on vacation and you're in Chicago and you're like, yeah. oh, I, want to, I want a trainer for the weekend. How do I find, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but I couldn't think of a name and I was with my buddy, this guy, Jeff Naylor, who at the time was the CFO of the TJX company. Okay. And, uh, we were like kind of going back and forth. He was joking around. Then he goes out of nowhere. He just goes pecs and I go personalized exercise. And then we just high five. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, amazing how these ideas like pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Cool. So fitness dot com. You're yeah. in Redfield. Yeah. You're in Needham. Yeah, you'll be in Watertown in a couple. That's 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 the hope. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully, yeah. Down the road. Let's you know. You, I'm sure you will be actually. So let's just yeah. pause yeah. about that. Yeah. Cool. No, I, I want to thank you for being on. I, you know, it's it's great. I you know I love talking to business owners like myself mm-hmm. and just kind of mm-hmm. watching you grow. Cause we spoke a couple of years ago when you were kind of first starting, I think. Right. Yeah. You know, setting yep. up the blocks and yeah. 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 Yep. Shout just, out to Marty Coffin. He was the one that hooked me up with you guys. That's right. Good old Marty. Yeah. Marty yeah. and Needham right on Highland. Yep. You know, just exactly. for him. <laughs> uh, yes. So Marty's great. And uh, yep. yeah. So again, thank you. And I want to thank the listeners. If you like, if you heard something you like, please share it. Um, please connect with Mike if you're if you're local to Massachusetts. Yeah, a personal trainer. Um, he has them on his website, and there'll probably be more, I'm sure. Yeah, and um, I appreciate appreciate your time today. And this has been another episode of Leaders Who Scale, and that wraps up another episode. Thank you for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at leaderswhoscale.com. Leaders Who Scale is sponsored by Siegel Solutions, providing world-class services and cutting-edge tools that help businesses grow and succeed.